0: And welcome, this is Talk the Plank, episode 104 of Pittsburgh Pirates Podcast on the Fan First Sports Network. I'm Nathan Hirsch, and I'm joined by a different guest today. It's not Jake Slobodnik, it is old college buddy, Joe Hoffman. Joe, welcome to Talk the Plank. You've been on the show before, maybe in like the 30s in terms of episodes, but you're back now to... Talk some pirates. So how how are you doing? I'm
1: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Glad to be back on Talk the Plank. And I've been ready to talk about our buckas for um I mean ever since kutch Kutch resigned. Been waiting to get get my thoughts out into the world. So glad to be here.
0: Yeah, let's get into it. Uh we're recording this on Thursday, April 6th, and Pirates are on an off day after a four and two start to the season. Very exciting. Um, They swept the Boston Red Sox in Boston after taking just one of three in the opening series against the Reds in Cincinnati. But uh, pitching a defense and just enough runs has been the recipe so far. And I don't know how excited to get. Obviously, six games into the season is nothing, but... I think there's something to be said for the fact that this is the first time in the Ben Sherrington era that the Pirates are more than one game over 500, which is crazy. But Joe, what are your general thoughts? First week of the season, first look at the Pirates, how are you feeling? And has anything changed because of this first week for you?
1: Um, Well, you know, I guess heading into the season, expectations were a little higher than they have been just because the addition of some real bats major league bats into a lineup. That's not the Greg gallons and Josh fan meters of the world. So that, that goes a long way having, you know, guys that aren't total black holes. So expectations were maybe 72 to 75 wins heading into it. And after this first week, maybe, maybe feeling a little better than that. Like, I mean, it's just a good energy right now. And that's, you know, obviously not something that can be quantified, but, but those veterans and, and namely Andrew McCutcheon bringing a, a different energy and maybe um, an accountability in the, uh, in the locker room and on the field that he's talked about after um, the games here that he's, you know, he said we're a good team and it's just about taking care of the details um, and, and having those guys in there on them like that maybe helps that team. Reach that um upper bound closer to five hundred, you know that maybe the talent's there but but uh having a guy like Cutch stay on him throughout the season that that just makes me feel better um and the performances so far you know nothing too fluky i don't I don't think i mean we they they ju- they just swept the Red sox team who um had a good first series, and now today they beat granted, not a good tigers team but put up six runs on the tigers so the pirates kind of stifled what seems like a pretty decent offense
0: yeah i agree um the red sox definitely have a pretty nice lineup i would say and yeah i, I agree that in terms of pirates vibes over the past three four seasons this is probably as high as they've been and a, a big part of that is andrew mccutcheon and a big part of that is the energy going home for this home opener on Friday where we yeah. are going to try to get the blackout going. They're really, they're really playing the tunes of the nostalgia with the pirates with AJ Burnett throwing out the first pitch. Russell Martin is going to be there, but it just goes to show just how, how starved this fan base is and how, how much they actually do care if you give them something to root about. And it's going to be – it's going to be an emotional home opener, I think. Um, you know, yeah, really. Yeah. Do, you,
1: do, you think it's more like, do you think it's more likely than not that a, a Cueto chant comes out, <laughs> uh, obviously, even without there being uh, a Johnny Cueto there?
0: Yeah, I mean I, – I, I, I could I, see it. <laughs> I could definitely see that. I could see, like, maybe A.J. Burnett or something, like, drops the ball. I was listening to the fan today so, for a little bit, and someone – it may have been like Joe Starkey or something. He said that AJ Burnett should drop the ball, which I, I think that would be, that'd be pretty funny. But uh, yeah, I mean, they're really gonna, they're really gonna play off the nostalgia and it's going to be loud. It's probably going to be the loudest. It's been in at least five years. I would say at least before pandemic times, Um, there really haven't been many sellouts before, before that I'm assuming tomorrow will be a sellout, but Yeah, I'm just I'm interesting. I'm interested to see how the energy is gonna be. I'm gonna I'm gonna see how loud it's gonna get. I will be there. I may or may not shed a tear when they announce Andrew McCutcheon's name, and we'll see how loud it gets because I mean for that 2013 wildcard game, it was crazy. I don't think it's gonna get on that level, but I think this this city is really buying the hype, you know, so far. Obviously, they're always a five-game losing streak from killing any sort of hype, but I'm excited for tomorrow, yeah. and I'm excited to see Andrew McCutcheon return return to the Pirates. Yeah,
1: you know, I think it's, it's fine to use the nostalgia for Cutch's first game back and for the home opener and get the crowd going, but... But I kind of hope after this, you know, we can leave that a little bit in the rear view. And um, I I would say even probably Andrew McCutcheon would want fans to cheer for what he's doing this season um, rather than the thank you for what he's done in the past. I mean, that'll be all season. But like he's talked about, he he thinks this team's actually good. And hopefully it's not just feeding on nostalgia um, to get the crowd going the rest of the season that that will actually have something to cheer about and fill PNC Park into the summer.
0: Yeah. And I think Andrew McCutcheon is like speaking to the season as a whole, I think he's going to have a a nice season, maybe not obviously old pirates, Andrew McCutcheon, but I think he has a real chance to be a, a really productive major league player. I mean, you're already seeing it this season. He's like third in the majors and walks at seven. He hasn't really hit the ball tremendously well. But I think it's a chance to be like a two-win player, something like that, a real productive player. And hopefully the Pirates Mm -hmm. stick around long enough to where they don't want to trade him at the deadline. We'll see. That's always a possibility. But I think
1: (laughs) that would not be good.
0: I mean, classically, we're one week into the season, just talking about how that's a possibility. But I just I think McCutcheon is going to have a better year this season than he's had maybe since he left the Pirates. Which the the bar isn't too too high, but I think he's a little rejuvenated.
1: Yeah, he's been banged up at at some of his stops, you know, between San Francisco and now. And I I was impressed, like even um, the catch he made in uh, one of the Boston games out in right field. Um, on the run, that kind of like opened my eyes. I was like, "All right, he is—he's is like actually, he's been same, but as as spry as he's been in a while, and, and he already stole a base." You know, his at bats—it's a—it's a cliche, but he is a professional hitter. And yeah. and watching some of these guys last year, um, and and some of the younger guys, you know, you you see the difference when you see an Andrew McCutcheon at bat and then a Rodolfo Castro. At bat, God bless him. But there's there's something to be said for having that in your lineup where he's going to draw draw the walk. Um, But I I am excited for what he could uh, he could do. I I think it's safe to say that like our worst fears won't bear out. Which you know when it Kutch was signed that it's well what if he what if he like ends up being like completely washed and and he's just totally fallen off. And it's June, and he's hitting 130. What What do you do? But so I, th- I think we won't have that, um, which is all I could ask for. And the rest is is gravy. So um, excited about that.
0: Yeah, and obviously, WAR is a counting stat, and there's going to be a lot of defensive penalties against McCutcheon, probably. But I'm looking at it right now. as F4 is 0.3, and that matches what his total was last year in Milwaukee. So I don't think I I don't think he's going to sustain how good he's been this past week. But like I said, since leaving the Pirates, his best season was 2018. The first season after he left the Pirates, he was a 2.1 F4 guy. And I think this season he'll at least be worth a win. So we'll see what happens. I was asking you this before. Where do you think Kutch ranks among active players and this is a totally non-quantifiable question but in terms of Mm -hmm. players that mean something to a specific city like Kutch means to the Pirates I think we're really going to see it in this home opener game but around Major League Baseball there's definitely players that mean a lot to a certain city the main guy I kind of thought of was Joey Votto in Cincinnati. Like when he returns yeah. from his injury, Cincinnati's gonna be popping, you know, waiting to see, to see him. But I think Kutch is up there among players in baseball that just the city loves them more than say, maybe like a good team loves Star B or something like that. Like it's like a yeah, it's like a Buster yes. Posey Giants, Andrew McCutcheon Pirates. Joey Votto reds type of mm-hmm. love that the that Pittsburgh has with Kutch.
1: Yeah, I've I've been thinking about this since since you asked me and there are some guys who have been on their teams the entire, you know, their entire careers. Um, but what the Pirates and Andrew McCutcheon have that a lot of these guys don't have is that obviously the Pirates were terrible until Kutch's right. arrival mm-hmm. and and have been bad since he left basically. And, and so just what he brought, it it means a little more than say, you know, obviously Clayton Kershaw is in the history of the game, a better player than Andrew McCutcheon is. and, And he's been with the Dodgers his whole career and, and won a world series and everything and has had some great moments. But if you were talking about what he means to the city Los Angeles, uh, everything is kind of, I would say, minimized. I guess in terms of how much impact one athlete, especially a baseball player, can have on on a city like Los Angeles. So, right, um, like a guy like him, I, I wouldn't say that he's you know matches up to um, Kutch. Um, if if like if Freddie Freeman maybe was still with Atlanta, but yeah, he obviously left. Adam Wainwright. Maybe, but the Cardinals that what they have is that they've they've had a lot of guys um, that that have been really great for them and have been with the the team um, for a while throughout their history. I mean, not Correct. obviously right now. Um, nobody you know
0: brought the Cardinals back um, like Kutch did for Pittsburgh. I think the main point that you that you brought up was just how terrible the Pirates have been over the past my whole life, past thirty years uh, since. <laughs> 1993 three winning seasons and mccutcheon was the absolute main player in those seasons and like you said pirates went back to sucking when he left and it remains to be seen if they can suck less with him back now but yeah i just i think if you if you had a post 2000 pittsburgh mount rushmore of all athletes I mean, we don't have to get into it, but I think Andrew McCutcheon is firmly one of those four athletes. And uh, yeah, obviously maybe like Sidney Crosby is too and like maybe Big Ben or something, but Kutch is definitely yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I
1: it, it was like e- even an emotional moment like when, you know, you saw the tweet that they were signing him over the off season. Like right. um, that, even that, like, Tugged at the heartstrings, so I think I think that can, um, that just kind of shows like who who else is getting that kind of reaction, like a fan base so depraved, and in in getting this guy back who we love so much, um, there's not much better recipe, you know, to have a a love affair between a player and and city in baseball. I don't think.
0: Yeah, exactly, and it's funny because. I was like kind of joking when I texted you this, but it's it's just funny how how little this city really needs to just be all in. And the pirates did minimal work, minimal competent work this offseason to build just a major league team with actual major league players. And Pittsburgh's gonna be an absolute party for opening day. And it's just funny because. You look at 2020, 2021, 2022, just the lack of any sort of effort at all to build a winning team. I mean, in those seasons, Bob Nutting was still able to collect a revenue sharing check and really not spend a lot of money, at least at the Major League roster. It makes you think how how this business plan for the Pirates works with how they build a team. Because this year, I really do think that if they even within a few games of 500 until June, until July, that the attendance is going to be a lot higher than it's been in the past few years. Yeah,
1: like you said, all it took was some effort. And it took I know, like, one good you, road, you road trip to, to start the, the season. Sudden, yeah, you know, we, we sign a uh, Carlos Santana and and Kutch, obviously, and, you know, trade for Connor Joe. Basically, actual, real-life big league players um, and and we're talking about, yeah, this lineup doesn't look too bad. It, you know, bad. It's just, compare that. I mean, it's just, you compare that to filling three lineup spots with basically waiver claims the past few years. Um, it, it really doesn't take much for the city to be back in and people on the outside can say whatever they want about uh, Pittsburgh and, and our, our fans. But I think they've proven that when given a reason, um, we can be, we can be back, back in um, with this team, and, and I think everybody will will see that tomorrow. And just that general sense, you know, I hope that that we can keep that role and just that sense of hope in in the city. I think it's a good time, maybe that this is kind of happening. This this maybe trend up for the Pirates is happening at the same time that it's a hopeful time for uh, for the Steelers. Yeah, um, and maybe so maybe people are just primed to be more um, optimistic about about a team's future. So, yeah, I mean, it it makes you wonder why we're doing what they were doing the past few years. Um, but I hope that it it goes to show Bob Nutting that okay, it's worth like you know giving the city something to uh, to get excited about. And I I don't know how the finances work, but hopefully it. It shows in his pocketbook because um, you know that's what they always said. Or that the was line. line. The frustrating, the frustrating stuff. Huntington or Huntington would always say is that you know we we need the attendance first, and then we'll <laughs> you know dole out for the big free agents. So maybe we give him the attendance now, and and um, and we'll see. But
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess yeah. Like you said, <laughs> we'll see. But yeah, it's not even like the big free agents. It's just any free agents, but I want to ask you just some some questions about the team right now. Obviously uh, a nice sweep in Boston, a nice start to the season four and two. What have you watched in this first week that has you pretty excited for the, for the remainder remainder of the season?
1: Yeah, I I, I'd say in the first few games, one of the big things is uh, obviously O'Neal Cruz, his approach at the plate, Seems to be, he's laying off some pitches um, in a few of these games. He, some of the lefty matchups he's had, he's battled back from 0 2, 1 2 to work a walk or at least work the count full, lay off some of those breaking pitches out of the zone that he might have gone after uh, last year. And what I'm excited to see with that is if over the course of the season, it's not just him not chasing bad pitches him waiting on the pitches that he can crush the ones that he can hit 110 miles an hour um, because it's kind of a catch 22 with, with O'Neal Cruz, a guy who's as freaky as him. We saw him squib a few balls and, and, you know, beat out infield hits um, and a guy with his speed, you can say any contacts, good contact. Cause he can do that. He can bloop a, a ball into the outfield and leg out a double or get on base and, Obviously steel, um, he's got that in the bag too. But it would be exciting to see him be able to pick out the pitches that he can he can hit hard um more frequently. Um uh, but I th- I think the the general approach already this year um is the good foundation for that. And that's got me more excited than than anything, I think.
0: A hundred percent. He's just looked more quiet at the plate and more confident and yeah, he he's had some squibbers that like you said the speed's nice that he can run it out but once once he gets hot and locked in it's going to be scary because if he can consistently draw those walks maybe walk at a 10 11% clip pick out the pitches the sky is truly the limit with him because he's just such so, such a freak um another question yeah. I have is what uh, what during this first week has kind of been more smoke and mirrors that it's looked good, but it's not exactly sustainable over the course of a season? Um, you know, obviously,
1: I wonder about the bullpen for a few reasons. A lot of guys, unproven. And our guy, uh, Ben Charrington, hasn't really proven that he can, at least in his time at Pittsburgh, Build a good bullpen. We we haven't really had found gems in the bullpen that have really emerged in his time. You know, the best performers have been guys that had some pedigree. Um obviously I I'll I'll throw uh Bednar into something that I'm really excited about. He looks like, you know, as good as he's ever been and and him being able to slam the door on a few games yeah. already has been great. But outside of outside of Bednar. I it, it's hard to um, rely on anything. Holderman's been, you know, he's gotten good results, and he has pretty decent stuff, but he, I'm not watching him and thinking that um, he's for sure even a good reliever, um, let alone a, a late-inning guy. has pitched himself out of uh, a couple of jams already, in some cases by his own doing. And, and so I'm not sure about him. And then you know you got a guy who's like a quad A guy in Zastrowny, a Rule Five pick. And I, I think already everybody could agree that like Chase DeJohn's, um, you know, season from last year is like the most smokes and mirzy yeah. uh, performance that that we'll have. And he he might be uh not long for the big leagues if if regression catches up to him.
0: I agree with that. Although I kind of have a hot take here for you regarding Ben Sherrington's bad raps on bullpens. I agree. The bullpens have not been good since he's taken over, but also at the same time, I feel like it's really hard for any bullpen to be good whenever over the past few years, it's just been nothing but four inning starts and, you know, you would get like one five-inning start per week, one six-inning start per month. The starters have just never been able to to really go long since Sherrington has taken over. And I'm not exactly sure that they'll be able to this season. I mean, I think Keller has a chance to be legit and at the very least be a six-inning starter consistently. And I think Contreras really has the ceiling of at least like a solid number two, I would say. So with those two, that's, that's great. But I don't know. You look at the, the bullpen last season, Will Crow was actually pretty decent until he had to pitch like a million innings before July. And same with Bednar, he kind of burned out. I just think this, these bullpens have just burned out super quickly over the past few seasons because the starting rotation has just been so bad. And I would say for me, the biggest concern is starters three through five with Rich Hill, Vince Velasquez, and Johan Oviedo. It sucks because I'm a I'm a JT Brubaker truther. I was really yeah. looking forward to seeing what he could do this season. I I hold him in the same regard as Mitch Keller, to be honest. And a lot of people would probably look at me crazy for saying that, but they were pretty similar last season. Baker just got a little more unlucky. So losing him really sucks. And I I hope that he's able to return at some point, but the more you hear, the more it sounds like Tommy John is probably inevitable, but obviously that's not confirmed. That's nothing, but I don't know. Rich Hill. We'll see how he looks tomorrow in the home opener, but Oviedo, I think he has a chance. I think personally though, he's probably better suited as a bullpen guy. And I think he could help bolster this bullpen. You just hope that until Luis Ortiz and Mike Burrows and maybe Quinn Priester, although I'm not as high on Priester now as I, as I have been, it seems like his stock is kind of lowering, but I'm really high on Ortiz hmm. really high on Burroughs. If the pirates can just keep it together until those guys come up and maybe lengthen the starting rotation, maybe they go with a six man rotation at some point, but I think the starting rotation is the biggest key for whether or not the bullpen is, anything resembling good yeah you're you're pointing up yeah that's a, that's a
1: good point um and and i guess that yeah like you said the concern is that that's not a problem that's been fixed e- even at what i think contreras's best could be i mean one he's not a big guy and he's yeah. never really given the innings in any season so I think maybe like at his best, you know, it's more of a five or six innings guy. Keller, you know, he's got he's got the build and everything and obviously he showed it with his last start to go to go seven innings. But um Contreras even, you know, at his best, he might be five and a third and eight strikeouts, three walks, and he has to get out of the game in the sixth. And and like like Rich Hill, obviously we're talking about a forty three year old guy, but even at his best, um, he wasn't terribly efficient with his with his pitches. He was, you know, a guy who'd punch out nine guys in five innings and and be out. And you know, Velasquez, uh, I I I think he he's another bullpen I guy. I didn't like what I saw the first start, and it seems like he's going to have a lot of starts where it's like, well, you know, he looked pretty good, other than <laughs> you know the two. Home runs he gave up exactly,
0: yeah, and I, it goes back so to just building tough. a confident team sorry, yeah, no you you're right, and
1: that was always the most kind of questionable signing, I thought you know, to sign him as a as a starter um it's yeah. he hasn't succeeded in that role <laughs> um and and i we're not seeing it yet, so the the bullpen will be hard pressed again, but i i do. And it does, like you said, suck about Baker because he, he seemed like a guy who could build up to be that guy who can go deep into a game. Um, uh, but I am hoping that a guy like Ortiz Burrows, and Quinn are guys that are more your classic starter build, um, you know, and, and have come up as starters Ortiz a little, a little different since he ascended so quickly, but, um, that maybe they'll be able to give them some innings, uh, in the summer, when you know last year the the bullpen was was burning out,
0: yeah, all right before we run out of time here, I'm just looking at the schedule, and the next ten games are just they're kind of brutal uh at least six of them will be at home for the Pirates. It's three against the White Sox, three against the Astros, and then four at St Louis, based on what you've seen so far this season. What would you consider an acceptable amount of wins over that 10-game span? You know, I'd be happy with five. I mean, I could see them (laughs) winning more than
1: half of them if if all broke right. I I mean, I don't think the White Sox are too good. Um, Their pitching isn't. uh, I I was just seeing that they they gave up 16 runs today to the Giants, so maybe their bullpen will be a little – a little tired heading into the game tomorrow. Yeah, um, I like two out of three for the Bucks against the White Sox, and then um, obviously the Astros. You're kind of hoping that they can salvage one, and then maybe split against the Cardinals. Um, you know, the Cardinals their their lineup is scary. Um, yeah, no doubt about that. But but their starting pitching isn't too intimidating. Um, you know they could they could uh the bucks could get to their their pitching i think
0: in a normal world you look at those 10 games and you think that does look kind of scary for the pirates but looking around major league baseball i just don't see too many overly <laughs> like juggernaut type teams like in the nl you look at it the nl central is obviously kind of a joke as a whole and on the west side the dodgers Seem to have taken a slight step back in terms of having every position be filled by a superstar. Uh the Padres yep. are obviously loaded. And on the East, I mean, the Mets are off to a pretty terrible start. The Phillies are off to a pretty terrible start. The Braves, they're that team. They're World Series contenders. They're awesome. Yep. But I don't know. I like the NL isn't that great. And the Pirates, obviously, this is this is the I'm drinking the four and two Kool-Aid, but I think they can hang around. I really do. And this is definitely a vibes team. Uh, throw your analytics away. I don't care. This is a team <laughs> where Bruce and Reynolds carry touch Santana. Hopefully Troy comes around, bridge the lineup. And then at the end, hopefully two of Bay – Smith and Jigba, Sawinski, Um, Castro. Hopefully they take the job by the reins and kind of emerge. And Andy Rodriguez is coming. Uh, pitching help is coming. So who knows? That's all I'm saying. Who knows?
1: Yeah, um, to that, and I, I wanted to mention that, one. Of, honestly, one of the biggest things just overall about the team that I'm excited about is that an entertainment product for us, and you know we're watching it damn near every day, and I'm just excited to have in this show that I'm watching every night. Have some good characters. I mean, I love seeing Cruz on the bases, you know, smiling and laughing. He, he's he's fun to root for. Obviously, to have Cutch, um, it's it's entertaining to watch Rich Hill pitch, no matter what. Um, and, and just to have guys that I want to root for, um, and, and that you know, it, it gives us entertainment beyond just, you know, are they a good baseball team or not? Um, it is, it is going to be, I think a a fun group to root for, especially when guys start coming up by all accounts, a guy like Andy Rodriguez is, you know, beloved by teammates and coaches. So I did want to mention that I'm excited, you know, that, that it's an entertaining group because, you know, the past few years we've not had a good team and the best player, God, love like, we love him. Maybe, you know, we'd love to have him here for a while, but Brian Reynolds is pretty much a bump on a log when it comes to, you know, what he gives you off the field. Right. Um, so it, it's cool to, you know, have the, the swag a Kutch and even even like a guy like Dory yeah giving us the money the money sign off, <laughs> coming off the mound. I love that. Like if they can just give me good energy and swag and, and have fun, like I'm satisfied, I'm satisfied to watch them every day, um, you know, even if they're taking their bumps, you know, as long as it's not totally depressing um, yeah. to watch, I'm I'm happy.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, and if Cabrian Hayes can just hit a little bit, add him to the list of some some good energy, some good swag to the team. So, yeah, I agree. There's there's some good characters, and if they if they could just perform a little bit, the the standards, the expectations aren't super high in this city a 75 win will look like a 100 win team from what we've endured over the past few seasons. So yeah, I agree. Uh, just give me a good show. Give me something that I look forward to watching. It's seven o'clock every night, basically, like you said, and I don't want to be turning on the TV at eight 30, some of these times and it's six, nothing already. So just, just need a, a decent product. It doesn't even have to be great. All right, Joe, we're running out of time here. Um, thank you for joining. Definitely going to have you back at some point. And I don't know, is there any last thoughts here before we get out of here?
1: No, just uh, I'm glad, you know, that you are are, are back. Podding and writing. Loved uh, seeing your, your article today. i excited for what what you're going to produce this season. And it makes it all easier when, you know, hopefully we'll have a good team to, to root for this year. So. Um, it's great, and I look forward to doing this again.
0: Awesome, yeah, thank you. And I'm uh, I'm trying to get off my ass a little bit and write a little more this season, along with the potting. Hopefully, the Pirates can give us something to some content that we want to consume. Um, it's funny, this pod was started literally in 2021 when they were at their absolute lowest, and they have been since. But this season feels different. It really does. I've probably said that before, but it, does. it really does. It really feels different. The arrow finally does, feels second. like it's nobody. Nobody
1: thought it felt different the past three years. I'll say right. that. I mean, so. since twenty nineteen, nobody's had that feeling. So
0: yeah, exactly. Uh, everyone, thank you for listening. Uh, follow Talk the Plank on Twitter at Talk the Plank Pod. We'll be back Monday with more pods. Keep checking in with the Cup of Joe or buck of joe sorry you're joe too but yeah <laughs> everyone have a good one and uh peace out